The following episode of She Who Hustles will contain depictions of violence, including sexual assault, that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. If you or someone you know are victims of domestic and or sexual assault, please contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline by calling 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. For help with sexual violence-related issues, you can contact RAIN, Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network Hotline, 24-7 at 1-800-656-4673. Thank you. Welcome to She Who Hustles, a podcast by ladies in the workplace, for ladies in the workplace. That's not the music, and that's what we do every time. I don't know what the music is anymore. It's it's like, bunk, 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 Yeah, how do you imitate that? It's a sick beat. Don't it get is. me wrong, but I have no idea how to imitate that. No. I mean, I just started doing the bend, bend, bell, and I enjoyed it. So. That's what it is now. Mm-hmm. I was expecting Tyler to like cut it in the first time, and he was like, "No, we're leaving that be <laughs> that gold nugget in." Ugh. Hello, ladies and, and gentlemen, and non-binary and non-gentlemen and sentient balls of stardust. Because that, that encompasses everyone, right? I guess so, yeah. Except for non-sentient beings. Which are? Trees. This. We don't want any trees listening to this podcast. Get out of here. <laughs> We're done. Not for you. <laughs> Not for your leaves, because they don't have ears. Um, Although there was a Mythbusters episode where they played music for plants, and they reacted positively. So, I mean, maybe the- sentient and non-sentient beings. I don't know. Do you remember like those notes like before we had IM and text messages people would put on notes for your eyes only mm-hmm. like a person was going to pick up that note and be like oh no that's private. Better not, not look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I have shoe boxes full of those of mine and my best friend and we just it was just a history of our chit chats similar to how this is history of our chit chats no it will someday be a history of chit chats between the two of us in five years when a shoebox full of notes when (laughs) it's a beautiful metaphor (laughs) i think it's not a metaphor i think it's just a description of a box that i own (laughs) no i'm saying the podcast oh will be a shoebox full of notes someday that's we need a shirt we need merch that says shoebox full of notes actually don't have a shoebox full of notes. We weren't allowed to do notes in class, class and nobody risk it. That's sad. I'm sorry. Yeah. We just wrote on our hands <laughs> in gel pens. <laughs> I heart SOS. Someone special. <laughs> and someday it would be your husband. Did you put that on your hand the day you got married? I heart SOS. Sure didn't. Oh. Did not do that. Missed opportunity right there. I mean, I wrote bows, so I feel like that's... <laughs> Better. That should be sufficient. <laughs> uh, what right. are we talking about today, Kim? Uh, besides notes and shoeboxes, uh, today's going to be a little heavy, guys, uh, because we're talking about why women love true crime. A little we're, heavy, a little fun. Well, we're interested <laughs> in it. We're fascinated by it. Yeah, we it's are. A, it's a quirk. It's... I'm like Zoe Deschanel. I like serial killers and quirky things. <laughs> um, no, I, I do love Zoe Deschanel, though. Y'all. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so why do women love true crime? That's a really good question. Uh, Kelsey, what what's your history with true crime? Do you? Um, yeah, so uh, I don't know. I've got a complicated <clears throat> history with true crime. A little early in the pod to jump into it. Um, I mean, did so? How did you get started? Was it was it episodes of twenty twenty when you were six years old? Yeah, I mean, my mom watched CSI when it first came out. She was a big fan of CSI Miami, Miami with yeah. Horatio. Um, my mom loved him. I don't. I have no idea why. Cause he was cool. He, mm. The sunglasses. <laughs> mm. Horatio was cool. Um, I also. Uh, Dateline 2020, absolutely love it. My friends and I would watch it 
at 9, 10 o'clock on a Friday or Saturday night uh, getting ready to go out. <laughs> that was your that was your pump up the <laughs> that, jam. That was how we got ready for the night. <laughs> it's not listening to Make, Kesha. No. It's uh <laughs> and then the body was mutilated. <laughs> <laughs> um and Law and Order SVU. So I guess mostly TV, but um like the past couple of years I've kind of started listening to more podcasts of like actual true stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Dateline's real, but yeah. Um I had a serial killer phase where I would love serial killers. I can't say love. I was fascinated by serial killers. Yeah, they yeah. were an interest of mine. There's, and I think we're going to talk about that a little bit, why women love true crime is women are pretty, like, not to make generalizations, but they're pretty empathetic. So mm-hmm. a lot of why women are interested in true crime is trying to understand the motive I can't keep a straight <laughs> face while you're doing that. Oh, your kombucha can was just hovering as you were trying to quietly set it down. <laughs> I didn't want the booch to make a sound. The booch. <laughs> you, the fact that you refer to kombucha as booch is just cracks me up. Yep. Reminds me of like some. It reminds me of hooch, I think. And yeah, so I just that's why I call think, it that. I think of like a woman in her bathtub, like. Like Miss Hannigan from Annie, <laughs> little girl making some booch. Um, how did we get there? Um, <laughs> no, you said women are empathetic, and a lot of the I will get to the details, but women are generally interested in um, stuff like this because we want to understand how it could happen or yeah. what how the brain works in that way. Absolutely, that for me. For me, the ultimate question was, what's the difference between them and me? Yeah. And the longer I research it, there's very little difference. Very little. It's this... I mean, there are psychopaths out there that I would like to say are different from myself. But there are people, those those in-the-heat-of-the-moment murders, mm-hmm. I mean... It's the only difference between that person and myself is self-control, you know? So that I find that fa- fascinating. Um, what about yourself? It, it, what podcast? Do you listen to podcasts now? or? So I got a couple I could recommend. Um, one, I mean, you've got the My Favorite Murder. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that one. <gasps> you hurt my heart a little bit I because Karen and Georgia are my best friends. They I just don't know, know it. I just, I, the voice is... I don't. I can't do their voices. I'm very specific with voices. When e- singers, all kinds of stuff. If if it hits it wrong, I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, Sword and Scale is a good true crime podcast, but it's very dark the, and heavy. Isn't and the upsetting. host like a piece of crap? <laughs> I don't know. I stopped listening a couple years back because <clears throat> what I would do is I would binge a bunch of episodes and then I would start having nightmares and I would be so disturbed by mm-hmm. the things that I heard that I absolutely do that. I, I couldn't listen anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Crime Junkie is a really good one. Love Crime Junkie. Love that they now cite their sources. Sorry, I'm like, <laughs> I am all in like the background like the guy from sword and scale said something to rabia chaudry and now i'm angry and oh like, really yeah speaking of rabia cereal the original cereal, cereal. and then undisclosed, undisclosed the podcast she uh, made with her friends that are lawyers cereal was it for me cereal was the starting point podcast wise yeah yes. for sure yeah, yeah it was for those of you who don't know it was about the uh, murder of Heyman lee who the convicted murderer is Adnan Syed, but there's a lot of... Free Adnan. Do you yeah. think he did it? No. No, me either. I mean, at the end of Serial, I was like, did he do it? Did he not? Yeah. I don't know. But um, Undisclosed. But really... Undisclosed really nail on the head. Mm-hmm. Nail on the head. He, Of course, he couldn't have done it. Nope. Like, it's ridiculous. It's literally not possible. They checked. Yeah. <laughs> the time. But is he still in jail? Yep. Yeah. Wasn't there an HBO documentary? Mm-hmm. I never watched it. It was really good. Was and it? then it basically talked about his last appeal and it failed. I did know that. That's really unfortunate and sad. Yeah, it is sad. Um, some other good ones? <clears throat> Making a Murderer? Making a Murderer started my Netflix documentary mm-hmm. uh, rabbit hole, if you will. Yeah. Just. They haven't released a lot of new 
good ones lately. Um, they had the Night Stalker one, which was like... I was really fascinated with... The, I didn't know much about the Night Stalker, okay. so that was incredible to me that like an entire city of LA was watching him. I'm trying not to watch you put that can down. (laughs) (laughs) Entire city was like chasing him down to put him in jail. Like I'm just like that was like movie worthy. Mm -hmm. The justice. Um, But yeah so we're women. We have interest in true crime. Not everyone does. I totally get that. Um, but today we're going to talk about why. A lot of the reasoning that I identified for why women are interested in true crime comes from the social, psychological, and personality science with authors Amanda Vickery, Vicary, I don't know, and Chris Fraley. Read that as Chris Farley <laughs> when I was looking through the notes. And I was like, I had to read it like four times. Like, what? <laughs> I was like, this is just a weird turn in his career. Is Chris Farley crazy? Um, I don't know who Chris Farley is. Can you? Comedian, is... SNL, Beverly Hills Ninja, Black Sheep. Oh, my God, Kim. David Spade, Chris Farley? I know who David Spade is. He was in Number So Chris Farley is the guy who was in the movies with him as um. It, it, was like, he Tommy Boy? Tommy Boy, yes. Okay, okay, I got you. Sorry. That was a close one, guys. (laughs) I didn't watch SNL in the 90s because my mommy wouldn't let me. Um, But, yeah, she said it was just, it's too sexual. Um, So, yeah, wasn't allowed to watch that in the 90s. Someone has food, and they're not bringing it to me. I'm very upset. Smoothies, I think, and I might be having one. (gasps) Rude. You didn't invite me. You guys weren't here. Um, that's okay. You know who was here? Amanda Vickery and Chris <laughs> Fraley Farley. Um, so the top four reason, reason, we're both struggling to speak. Uh, side note, if you made it through, not the last podcast, the book discussion, the one before that, where, bless your heart, Sue and I were talking to Kim through a Zoom meeting and the echo, good echo, on ya. Echo, echo. Yeah, I it's, couldn't listen to it. It was hard to record that yes i the thing i went 10 15 minutes without talking at one point because the echo was driving me so crazy. yeah it was it was absolutely bonkers but um you know we lived we learned we got loves and now we're here and now it sounds great it does sound great <clears throat> thank you tyler for your assistance um speaking of assistance amanda figure i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding your top four reasons why women are interested in true crime and food outside of that window. Uh, women's fasc- fascination with murder may stem from a desire to avoid becoming the victim of a deadly crime. Shooketh. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine that. We're looking for survival tips, y'all. <laughs> yep. Which is sad. It's sad as hell. Um, can we say hell? Can we say? I, I don't know. It's sad. I mean, hell is sad. <laughs> Women indicate that they expect to learn from true crime scenarios as opposed to men who listen to the content without expecting to learn from these stories. So there's more of an indication that we are looking for survival tips, like, you know, your bobby pin and your handcuffed kind of situation. Your apparently, if you have those zip tie uh, handcuffs, oh, yeah, you can do the thing you can over just your, yeah. thrust them over your stomach. Painful. It does look very painful. I did learn the key between the fingers thing is not wise. Because if you were to go punch somebody, it pushes the key back and actually ends up hurting you. So you're just supposed to hold it like a knife. I mean, I just put a knife on my keys. (laughs) There's that, too. (laughs) I mean, I just, like, I had a taser at one moment that looked like a flashlight. Uh, Then it went off in my backpack and just tased my backpack for an hour and died. (laughs) No fires were started. So that's good. Really glad I didn't have to use that in a life or death situation. Um... Women are prone to empathize. We talked about this. We want to understand the killer's motives because the concept is foreign to us. Right. Like, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think uh, there was also a point where um, with with murder mysteries, as my grandmother calls them, her stories, mm-hmm. <laughs> there are puzzle they're presented as a puzzle you get to solve the crime so that agatha christie that yeah um what's the murder she wrote 
those are really those that's where I think the over fascination came where you're romanticizing the crime as opposed to looking for awareness of the victims so there's a fine yeah. balance with that well and I think it's fun to talk about it right like if you at, let's I mean Tiger King wasn't exactly true crime but there was a little bit I mean did she feed her husband how much tigers? fun did we have talking about that same I with mean, making a murderer or serial you got to kind of hypothesize and yeah discuss with other people who are watching it's it's fun yeah um, but it's, it is very important to remember that these are real people that yeah. these crimes happen to. There's real pain involved. There's real, um, real murder and real loss. So I think, uh, you have to be really careful if you're listening to podcasts that really just like, I mean, they might be fun, but if they're just making fun out yeah. of a situation like that, not cool. Yeah. Not cool, folks. It's not a laughing matter. It isn't. Um, but you can use humor to cope with the situation. I think that's important. Yeah. Um, women are more likely to consume content where victims are female. And often serial killers target women. I so know. we're looking for people who are like us. And surprise, surprise, people like us get murdered. So I don't know if you saw that documentary yeah. about that guy. He was like the most prolific serial killer. He killed people in... He killed a woman in Cincinnati. He was convicted of that. He was like a truck driver or something, and he killed like over 90 people, I think. Um, and yeah, he was nuts, and they were all women. I don't remember that at all. Well, look it up. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> no, there's <laughs> a. It, I remember it being interesting because he was one of few um, African American serial killers. Mm. Most of the time, they end up being straight white men. Um, yeah. But. Not to say that in a derogatory way, uh, but they, they just are. They just are, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're, this is our fascination with it. And surprise, surprise, uh, most of our fascination comes from wanting to learn and figure out how the heck to not get murdered. We want to be one of those. I, my goal in life is if something like that were to happen to me, I want to be on Lifetime and not Oxygen. I want to. Yeah. I want my oxygen to like be the, the survival drama. story, and oxygen is like the. Oh, this is. She died. <laughs> <laughs> this is also how. does like the. Um, what's the woman? Um, snapped. Oh yeah. See, I don't, I, see, I don't like those. I do. <laughs> I, I guess really I like can those. relate. <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. I mean, I'm I like, went. I definitely went through like a snapped phase, and when I had cable. Which I don't. Um, I don't have cable anymore, so I don't really get to watch those shows. But but I mean, <laughs> women are kind of boring when it comes. I mean, I guess it's not that boring because they like slowly poison men. Like that. God, this sounds awful. <laughs> sounds, oh. Maybe we need to scrap this whole bit. But women, it's a much more emotional process for them. Yeah, and maybe because I. I cannot empathize with wanting to murder someone. That's not what I'm saying. But I can understand more so where something like that, that would come process. from. Yeah. Versus, yeah. I mean, relating to murderers is difficult. And, like, that's why I like to study psychology is just because you can empathize with someone doesn't make their actions right. So yeah. you can understand why they did this. But if you understand the difference between right or wrong, it does not give you the right to do that thing. Yep. You know? Um, so yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, uh, women are interested in true crime it, because it happens to us. Some people have said that that's not really true. Women aren't often victims of crime, and I hate to break it to you, women but are. we are. <laughs> and um, according to the World Health, Health Organization, <laughs> the who, <laughs> the who, according to the who, um, that was a good band. Sorry. Um, my dad was at that um, Was he at that concert? concert? Mm-hmm. Speaking of true crime, yeah. uh, like, there was a trampoline situation at the Who concert in Cincinnati. 1979, I think it was. It was in the 70s, yeah. He, um, it was so crowded and so compacted that he literally lifted off the ground. Oh, my God. Yeah. There, how many people died? There were, like, 30 people, I want to say. 12, maybe? That's the same thing as 30, close. right? It's close. It's close. <laughs> 
But yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. No, my parents my parents are from the area, and I was like, did you know anyone? No, they didn't. They're not cool. Um, <laughs> my dad doesn't like the Beatles, so I don't know what's wrong with them. Does he like the Rolling Stones? No. Okay. It's, it's something to do with long hair, hippie boys. Ah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, according to the WHO, the World Health Organization, um, in an article called Violence Against Women, uh, intimate partner, vi- there's many different types of violence against women. There's intimate partner violence, which is often referred to as domestic violence, but we have to get really more generic with that because it doesn't just happen to uh, straight cisgender people. Um, it also happens in the LGBTQ community. And uh, there's also murder, and we're going to talk about risk factors that lead to women being, that can, hmm, let's say this the right way. (laughs) (laughs) There's risk factors that increase the likelihood that a woman may be subjected to intimate partner violence. Great job. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Want to make sure that we're not victim blaming because it's never a woman's fault that she gets, is a victim of violence, ever. Globally, about one in three women. That's 30% of the population. More than that, right? Me, you, and Tyler are in this room. One of us uh, worldwide have been subjected to physical and or sexual intimate partner violence or non-partner sexual violence. So this is violence against someone physically, sexually committed by anyone. Um, So... We like to think that that non-partner violence is where rape and domestic violence more often occur, but actually 27% of women aged 15 to 49, that's a big percentage of the population, yes. um, who have been in a relationship report that they have been subjected to some sort of physical and or sexual violence by their intimate partner. Insane. Yeah. Have to say. I was married for a hot minute. There was domestic violence involved. Mm. Yeah. So it's not, it's from what we've just talked about before, it's not one of three people in this room. It's even more than that. So Yeah. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't know that I have experienced that. Um, but where's the line, right? Yeah. So and the thing is, we can't identify the line if we don't talk about it. Yeah. And so that's why, yes, we may need to put a content warning at the beginning of this podcast, but I think it's important to have this kind of conversation. Yep. Um, so then we have murder. Uh, globally, as many as 38% of all murders of women are committed by intimate partners. That's almost half. Alarming. It's quite alarming. Like, 38% is real close to 40, real close to 50, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we're... <laughs> We're talking about, we're talking about in a thousand people. That's three hundred and eighty people. That's awful. And that's just of murders. So a thousand people have died. Three hundred and eighty of them are committed by their intimate partner. And I think that's because there's a lot of shame associated with domestic violence. Like, I made him mad, or them. I made them mad, or I said I, I wouldn't do this anymore, and I did it. Well, but heard I think, it and I've said it. Before. And I think there's also the um, there's a lot of stigma placed on women who remain in relationships oh. that uh, where they're being <clears throat> abused in some way, shape, or form, and it's not that easy to just bounce. Um, we've talked about income or what what was the word? Economic independence. Economic independence. Yep. Is a big factor. Uh, there's also just being truly fearful to leave a person that's abusing you. Well, when they, they say make it takes seven times mm-hmm. in attempting to leave someone in order to actually leave them. Yep. So that question, anytime you ask, why did you stay? I've asked that question before, mm-hmm. and I've been the person that stayed before. Right. Um, that's incredibly harmful and can make someone, when you ask that question to someone, they can just say, oh, I can't trust this person to understand me anymore. Yep. So just don't ask that question, ladies and gentlemen. Just support however you can. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I nope. get real passionate about that seven yeah. times. Seven yep. times. And, like, if you left once a month for a year, that's seven months. Yeah. That's a long time. <laughs> and that's the average. It can take longer. It can take less. Yep. 
it well and as shown in this um number here you know doesn't always work so. yeah i mean some you can say that you're gonna leave and i you can't leave so mm -hmm. you're dead now that's that's yep. the shocking part of it um so let's talk about some risk factors because once we can identify the risk factors, we can take these as action items to help the women in our life not be prone to these. Mm -hmm. So lower levels of education. Um, this is included in, in lower levels of education pertains to the perpetrators and to the victims. So people who are not as educated as much may commit and or be victims of this. Well, and that's a socioeconomic issue, right? Mm-hmm. And that, so in areas of high poverty, yeah, generally there's horrible education because funding doesn't make it to the public schools. Yeah. Kids don't get educated. And there are yeah, kids yeah, had yeah. that don't have birth control as an option. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of women-based issues that if these were actually resolved, these wouldn't be risk factors for a lot of people anymore. Mm -hmm. So equal access to birth control, equal access to education, to food, so that you don't have to work and quit school that kind of stuff, that affects directly violence against women. Mm -hmm. So a history of exposure to child maltreatment. This is applicable to perpetuators and victims. Um, people who are traumatized as children, they recognize that is okay now. So they mm -hmm. may, oh, this is the same thing as what happened to me when I was a kid. So it's a learn, yeah. yeah, it's a learned a behavior. Learn behavior. Um, also, we're going to talk about how child abuse has directly related to a majority of serial killers. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, the perpetuators, they get, when that kind of behavior is accepted as normal or okay, no one stops it, mm -hmm. you, um, you start to normalize it in your own brain and you put up with it until it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Yep. So witnessing family violence, even if you're not a victim of it, you see someone beat your cousin, brother, mom, um, that can lead to it. Antisocial personality disorder is a key indicator of someone who may commit um, violence against women, which antisocial personality disorder, for those who might not be familiar, that's kind of the the name of what we call a sociopath, so someone who can't really empathize with others. Mm -hmm. um, harmful use of alcohol, harmful masculine behaviors, including having multiple partners or attitudes that condone violence. I don't want to sit here and shame um, polyamory or anything, but maybe they, I would like to suppose that they mean um, multiple partners without the consent yes. of the other. <laughs> um, because any polyamorous relationship I've seen has just been nothing but happiness. Yeah. Um, but harmful masculine behaviors, we're going to talk a little bit more about toxic masculinity and how to challenge that. But that's when I really see, like, and there are, there are ways to identify this. Someone who makes their physical presence known and likes to make other people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That's something that you can notice and that you can see and be like, hmm, I don't <laughs> want to be alone with you, <laughs> like that kind of situation. Um, and so community norms that privilege or ascribe higher status to men and lower status to women. So community norms where people aren't equal. Yep. That's more likely to encourage, not encourage. Uh, well, it... it it automatically sets a power structure in yeah. a way. Yeah, um, great wording. Yes. Uh, so I think of maybe a, a different religions or mm -hmm. um, communities that adhere to certain men are. Yeah. 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 No, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I mean, we see it in cults a lot. Mm -hmm. um, speaking specifically, like I, I, the Latter Day, the Latter Day Saints, not not Mormons, Mormons. specifically. No, you're it's, thinking of. Um, are you thinking of the Heaven's Gate? The no, was I that know, Waco? Not. I mean, David those Koresh. Were the, those were the Davidians. Oh the yeah, branch the Branch Davidians. Davidians. Yeah, I mean, where they uh, their social hierarchy is men are over women. Uh, just you're thinking like the Federalist. 
There was the FLDS. Yes. 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 So yeah, they that's... were a sect of that religion, yes. and it just women have no quite rights. extreme, <laughs> quite extreme. No rights at all. Children yeah. have no rights. Um, so it's just bonkers. Um, yeah. So let's take a look at this intimate partner violence, since it's the most prevalent for mm-hmm. women. Um, in two thousand five, one thousand one hundred and eighty-one women were murdered by an intimate partner. That's an average of three women every day. This is according to the National Organization for Women, which is called NOW. Um, of all women murdered in the U.S., about one-third were killed by an intimate partner. That's one-third yeah. of murders that should be preventable. Um, according to the National Crime Victimization Survey, which includes crimes that were not reported to police, 232,000 960 women in the U.S. were raped or sexually assaulted in 2006. Holy crap. That's more than 600 I had women to read. every day. Yeah, I had to read as you were reading it because <laughs> I wasn't following. I saw you zoom in. <laughs> and then I saw more than 600 women every day in the, in the U.S. In the U.S. Jesus. Not the world. You know, it, one of the countries that, like, is supposedly not a third world country. And more than 600 women. And this includes intimate partner because um, you can be raped by your intimate partner, folks. Mm -hmm. That's uh, the thing. It wasn't legally uh, a thing. A thing. (laughs) (laughs) Until like the 90s, I want to say. It wasn't legally recognized. 90s? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's just bonkers. Uh, the Justice Department estimates that one in five women will experience rape or attempted rape during their college years. So, you know, when they're trying to not become one of those risk factors and become educated, a uh, woman may be raped in college. I know I had to watch a few videos in college. Um, <laughs> hey, and I love how they weren't, uh, they weren't, hey, hey, men, don't, don't rape women. <laughs> it was, hey, could, could you not? Women, carry pepper spray. Make sure that your drink is under drink a lock. Alone. Like, make somebody watch it. Um, put your keys between your fingers, dude. Uh, watch your friend and make sure he's not hitting on some girl that's like out of her mind. Yeah. Wow. Instead of like, don't sexually assault people. It's the labor is yourself. put on the potential victim. Yes. Which, and no other, <laughs> like, say that we were. <laughs> Say that we were talking about burglaries. Right. <laughs> we say, well, what was the house wearing? <laughs> you know, was he drunk? <laughs> well, I mean, that is like, you know, when if someone has their doors unlocked, right, and someone breaks in and steals things, um, that's a little bit more um, risky on the part of the house owner than a woman wearing a pair of shorts. But but the, the thing that was wrong that was done was, was the person who by- came in and stole things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And so we don't say, oh, all houses should, I mean, well, all houses should have system and alarms, but we don't put the burden of labor on the potential house owners or the house owners. We put it on the burglars. We do, though. Burglars. 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 (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Like, my mouth is not warmed up today, guys. Um... Yeah, so myths regarding gender roles perpetuate the silence surrounding their abusive relationships. For example, there is a belief that there aren't abusive lesbian relationships because women don't abuse each other. That doesn't happen. Um, It absolutely does happen. Right. Also, shelters are often unequipped to handle the needs of lesbians. A woman-only shelter isn't much defense against a female abuser. And let's not forget transgender individuals who are murdered at an alarming rate. Mm Mm-hmm. Just for existing. How dare they be themselves? People just get mad at that and then murder people, which is bonkers to me. So what really brought this up for me, we're, we're talking a lot of data. We're talking a lot of, so violence against women is real. Mm-hmm. What brought this up for me was, I don't know, we've established that we're TikTokers. We and, are. And I saw on TikTok a story about a woman named Sarah Everard. Ever, ever, uh, yeah, I have a really hard time saying her last name, bless. Um, but this woman was a 33-year-old marketing executive. 
and I saw the footage of her walking home. Mm -hmm. That's what really struck out to me. She was wearing bright clothes. Um, She was talking on the phone to her boyfriend. She, I believe she only had her earbuds in one ear, which is what we're taught. I mean, I'd like you guys to think about the, all the things that we have to do um, in order to (laughs) just stay alive, (laughs) stay alive while we're doing things. Like, I, I mean, not to get too off subject, but like, have you ever asked a woman what she would do if there were no men on earth for 24 hours? I would take a I'm walk a at party. night. <laughs> you know, I would take a walk at night. I still probably wouldn't because I'm scared of everything, but. Um, <laughs> it was like, there aren't coyotes in there. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think I have seen that. Tic- was it, is it a TikTok? Mm-hmm. Or it was something where they said, go outside at night. Go outside at myself. night. Go star watching. Yeah. You know, wear, go for a run and wear my head, my earphones. I mean, guys, do you wear your earbuds, both of them in your ears? Are you right. afraid of having to keep one out? So she was, um, she chose a well-lit place, uh, a well-lit path as she was walking home from her friend's house. And she was talking to her boyfriend on the phone. She was caught on video. And then she went missing, and her remains were located in a wooded area southeast of London. A 48-year-old serving police officer was arrested on March 12th and was charged with her kidnapping and murder. Murder. So this is a man that she should have been able to go to for help. Right, to trust. (laughs) If she wasn't safe, and he likely is charged with ending her life. After her body was found, Women across the city, including Duch- 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 oh my God, Duchess Catherine, Duchess <laughs> Catherine, Kate Middleton, organized. Oh, a- that's who that is. Okay, yeah. I was like, who's Duchess Catherine? Should I know who that is? <laughs> it's Kate Middleton. Got it. We're uh, following. Princess Kate, <laughs> Duchess Catherine is what the palace likes her to be called. Um, they organized a peaceful candlelight vigil to bring awareness of her death. Police officers physically broke up the crowd, saying that it violated social distancing laws. Despite allowing similar gatherings for sports-related celebration a few weeks before. So they had, like, not only these, I I know football's a big deal there, whatever. Um, And I mean football, like soccer, not football. 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 Um, But there were celebrations, people marching down the streets, I mean, they've lit cars on fire before, and uh, they weren't thrown to the ground, manhandled, had their face slammed into concrete. And that's the kind of stuff that happened to these women that were just holding a candle. Why (laughs) can't Duchess Catherine not go to the police and be like, hey, homies, I Um, helped. Back off. I'm literally in the royal family. Because she literally can't speak up for Meghan Markle, so (sighs) why would she bother? Fair. Um, women were thrust to the ground and manhandled as they were arrested. What started as a peaceful gathering ended with scenes of male officers grabbing and constraining women before leading them away in handcuffs to shouts and screams from onlookers. Many remarked that it was the exact sort of violence against women that they had come to protest. I mean, that sounds like the exact experience that we had last summer in Mm -hmm. America. Yeah. It's almost like... (laughs) Violence against anyone is bad. (laughs) So there was a study that was released shortly after this that said 97% of women aged 18 to 24 have experienced sexual harassment. This study was done uh, by the United Nations Entity for Gender Equality and Empowerment of Women. The the study took place of over a thousand women, so Mm -hmm. it's a pretty small sample size, uh, but 71% of the women, meaning... 710 of them said that they have experienced sexual harassment in public. I mean, I was just telling you about my experience when I was walking down the street with my husband next to me (laughs) with a mask covering my face. So dude didn't even know what I looked like in my face. (laughs) Uh, Just absolutely insane. And that's not the only time that has ever happened to me. Don't even get me started, man. Yeah, I mean, it's anything uh, OTR or South. <laughs> I just expect 
to be I mean, uh, not made even, uncomfortable. Not even there. Not even. Yeah. I mean, well, some of us aren't, most, aren't as pretty. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. In the <laughs> kidding. In the most unassuming places, like it's just I like an 80 year old guy. Like a couple weeks ago, I had my hair in the worst looking ponytail I had ever done in my entire <laughs> life. Like I'm not kidding. It looked like I had just put it in a loose ponytail and jumped up and down for 15 minutes. He was like, beautiful hair. Thanks. He was like 80, so I actually did kind of take it as a genuine compliment because it didn't seem creepy. But it. <laughs> I mean, and that's something to say is you can compliment people and not give off a creepy energy. Right. And where, if you're a man and you're sitting there like, I can't even say anything to a woman. Yes, you can. Right. Here's a really easy way to make sure that you're not making a woman uncomfortable. Is she alone? Is she alone with you? Does she have a safety net if, because if we are on a street and someone yells at us, you look good. We don't know how you're going to respond if we don't respond the way you want us to. Oh, have you seen that TikTok going around of that lady who's like, can we please be polite to men who hit on you? Dude, it's just so upsetting like I get it it's a it's a thin line it's hard to it's hard to maybe someone's just being nice and telling you they think that you look pretty but there's a way to do it you can be like I like your shirt I like your shirt I love the color of your hair you look very nice today Kelsey Uh, thank you (laughs) this is a non-threatening compliment it's not innately sexual and it's not in a public place Like, there was one time where I was at a Kroger, and I was putting my cart away, and it was, like, dusk, I want to say. It was becoming dark. And this guy started walking up towards me, and I was alone in the parking lot. Um, Mm -hmm. This guy starts walking up towards me from across the parking lot. He goes, excuse me, miss. And I said, I don't talk to him at night. (laughs) (laughs) And she scurries away. And I was like, "Mm." (laughs) And uh, he was just like, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) like can you just understand that we might not feel safe at that moment right because this happens to a lot of people it's in the news it's in these podcasts that we listen to and that may be our fault there um but like this is stuff that really happens the podcast because of our experiences right so how are we not to assume that you know it's creepy absolutely so I wanted to, I wrote down this TikTok because it was so good. It was by this man named at Michael the first is the number one ST. And I may have censored his language, but it was in response to that TikTok. Can you don't try to find that TikTok. Please you don't, don't want to see it. This one maybe. And he said, my little sister was polite to a man who had on her. She then went to the bathroom, and he followed her into the bathroom, locked the door, and refused to allow her to leave until she started talking to him the way he wanted her to talk to him. It took people banging on the door to get into the bathroom to make him stop. And this is why they say all men. Women don't know which man, so they have to assume it's all men just to be safe. Yep. So yeah, hashtag not all men. Sure. Not every man right. is abusing their their intimate partner. Not every man is doing this. But, but the men mm-hmm. that are not guilty for these things they know who they are. Exactly. They don't need to tell us who they are. I'm like, <laughs> we know. I feel safe around Tyler, right? Right. Tyler, have you ever felt a, like these, like, hashtag um, not all men? Have you ever been like, well, it's not every man. Have you ever felt that way? It's complicated because, like, yeah. on one hand, I totally understand yeah. that, like, you have to assume it could be anyone. Mm-hmm. But also, it is, like, I've known a lot of guys who would never think of doing like that. Yeah. Yep. Like, oh, it's such a shame that I get bumped into yeah. this. And group. I'd like to say, we're not lumping you in that yeah. group. Yeah. Like, I don't feel that way. But yeah. yeah. I could see how people no, that makes sense. Yeah, I it is kind of tricky, and it's very it's in a way aggressive. But I almost feel like that's how everyone needs to handle something like this, men and women, mm-hmm. right? Like, call it out. Don't yeah, let your friends be assholes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ha, 
hashtag don't let your friends be assholes. Uh, can we have that as a shirt? Um, and that's something that we're going to talk about later that I have in my in my notes as action items that we can do is calling out this behavior when we see it. Mm-hmm. If you're drunk and your friend is like, look at that girl, I'm going to whistle at her. Or I don't know what yeah. uh, what boys say (laughs) when they're drunk but just be like hey man maybe don't because uh she could not feel safe because you did that right like seeing stuff like that that's how you can be an ally for us and we're gonna see that and we're gonna feel safe around you well i think sometimes the argument against i guess catcalling or random compliments or being nice to a stranger hitting on a stranger is like well then how are we supposed to meet anybody nowadays i married someone uh lots of people are in relationships <laughs> and those don't come out of catcalling catcalling <laughs> and i mean sure i'm sure random people have got, become wonderful lovely couples because a guy took a chance and did something but there's a vibe you give off mm-hmm. that says you're genuine there's a non-creepy way to compliment we can people feel the vibe <laughs> and don't do it in a setting that's inappropriate right like, you know, when she's in a parking lot and it's dusk. <laughs> I think he was just asking for, like, a, like, he needed, his battery was dead or something. But I was like, I don't talk to him at night. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll find the next one. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. If you want to hear more stories like this because you don't believe that women have these experiences, I would encourage you to listen to the podcast Let's Not Meet because it is a true horror podcast where people tell stories about incredibly crazy and scary interactions they've had with others um and just behaviors to look out for so i just wanted to give that podcast a shout out because i love it i have to listen to that it does make me very scared at night (laughs) so let's since most of our domestic violence violence against women comes from from violence within the household how do we identify that how do you identify if your friend is in that situation so according to the mayo clinic from an article called domestic violence against women recognize the patterns uh, while some relationships are clearly abusive from the outset abuse often starts subtly and gets worse over time you may be experiencing domestic violence if you're in a relationship with someone who calls you names, insults you, or puts you down. That's just emotionally abusive. Wow. Do you have experience on that one? <laughs> like, that's just not cool. Yeah. Um, prevents or discourages you from going to work or school or seeing family members or friends. I don't like you around that friend. Yep. I've heard that before. Yep. Um, your family doesn't like me, so I don't want them to see you. Mm-hmm. They get the wrong idea of me. Someone tries to control how you spend money. Now, this is different between budgeting. <laughs> your girl, if you control the budget. Your girl buys too many squishmallows. But um, <laughs> so if someone's trying to control how you spend money, where you go, what medicines you take, or what you wear. Um, been told this about medicine. I really? Yeah. Those antidepressants have uh, microchips in them, so you can't take those. Um, you need to. I getting a little vulnerable here. In my, uh, I I was married. I married a man that I met three weeks. <laughs> it was three months before we got married. I accepted the engagement on our third date. Um, mind you that I come from a very religious background, so this is kind of normal. Mm-hmm. Um, still stupid, <laughs> but normal. Um, so he he was a he was a conspiracy theorist, and I didn't know much about them. And I, he was like, "Did you know that they put fluoride in the water to control our brains?" And I was like, "He was docile." Yes, I was like, "That makes sense." And uh, he was like, "Did you know that the government committed 9/11?" And I was like, probably. And, uh, <laughs> and it, like, during this time. Oh, cut that out. Uh, <laughs> that one's touchy for some people. <laughs> I mean. It's not funny. It is, it is funny. I laughed at it. But 
And then, he, like, we were dating, and he was showing me all these things that I'd never heard of. And we get married because, you know, we would get more food stamps. That was his mm. argument. Not, I can set you up with a life that, right. where I can provide for you. Not, we can get more food stamps if we mm-hmm. get married. Which, actually, you get less. But, um, an experience of a 21-year-old. So, he... When I moved in with him, we weren't allowed to keep the electricity on because that would cost too much money. We didn't have money. Oh. And then we weren't allowed to have internet because the radio waves. And I tried to go back to school during this time because I took a break to get married. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't allowed to buy my books. Goodness gracious. So I failed those classes. Of course. Um... I wasn't allowed to have a car. <laughs> he was, but I wasn't allowed to drive it, and he wouldn't take me places oh. because, uh, surprise, surprise, he was cheating on me while I was at school um, with his ex girl. Oh, Kim, I'm sorry. I know, um, but he. So I got a moped. <laughs> kind of rad. <laughs> I was a resourceful BA. woman. <laughs> um, that maxed at 45 miles an hour <laughs> yep and would take it on a highway so that i could go to work because i was the only one that worked at barnes noble while i was trying to go to school full-time mm. um so yeah it starts slow and over time i wasn't allowed to eat candy because it had aspartame in it I wasn't allowed to eat red red dye blue dye yellow dye I wasn't allowed. I had to check the ingredients list of things. I can only eat salmon because I had to be a vegetarian because I was too fat. And this is 100 oh. pounds ago. <laughs> like, My God. So it starts very slow mm-hmm. with things that make sense. And then over time, they stop making sense. And they just make you miserable. So this is the kind of behavior to look out for. You acts jealous or possessive or constantly accuses you of being unfaithful. To, like, just life lesson, folks. People that generally accuse other people of being unfaithful it's do that they because are. they are unfaithful. <laughs> and they're scared that you're doing the thing they're doing. Yep. Gets angry when drinking alcohol or using drugs. Um, breaks things in your home. That's not normal behavior, guys. No. It is not normal to shove someone into a wall. It's not normal to put your fist through drywall. We may make fun of it and call them Kyle's. That's not normal. I did accidentally put my hand through my door when I was a teenager because I was, like, throwing a temper tantrum. And, and then I you slammed, were taught that I that's sl- not normal, right? I slammed my door and put a hole in it. I was like, ooh. <laughs> my bad. I mean, yes. Yeah. I lost my door. My mom took my door off because I've I had that yeah. taken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You don't slam your door because then you don't have a door. Yep. Privacy is a privilege. Um, Threatens you with violence or a weapon. That's not normal. Hits, kicks, shoves, slaps, chokes, or otherwise hurts you, your children, or your pets. Mm -hmm. Definitely have experienced violence against pets because they want to hurt you. Um, Forces you to have sex or engage in sexual acts against your will. Um... Those are words. That's just rape, y'all. Right. Uh, Blames you for his or her violent behavior or tells you that you deserve it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't have done that if you wouldn't have made me so mad. Yep. Well, guess what? I get angry every day, and I'm still in control of my actions. Yep. Threatens to tell your friends, family, colleagues, or community members that your sexual orientation or gender identity This is a way that LGBTQ people can be kept in relationships Hmm. because it is dangerous to just be a person in that community. Right. If you're a lesbian, bisexual, or transgender, you might also experience domestic violence if you're in a relationship with someone who tells you that the authorities won't help you. Tells you that leaving the relationship means you're admitting that lesbian, bisexual, or transgender relationships are deviant. So guilt. Just guilt. Yeah says women can't be violent i'm not being violent with you i can't be i'm a woman bull i put Uh, my hand through a door guys (laughs) have you seen me drive (laughs) y'all 
Uh, Justifies abuse by telling you that you're not really lesbian, bisexual, or transgender. Hmm. Like, if you leave me, it's because you're not really a lesbian. Um, So let's look at abuse in a relationship doesn't directly lead to murder all all of the time, but it does, that kind of start stuff starts. And if you let it escalate, it will get worse. And these are some just very extreme examples of people who experienced violence as children Mm. and who they became. So serial killer Edmund Kemper, who is my favorite person to be grossed out by, um, uh, he murdered several members of his own family and six young women in California during the 70s. He was born in Burbank, California, and his parents divorced when he was nine. His alcoholic mother blamed him for the divorce, and she was overly critical of her son, forced him to live in the basement of the house so he couldn't be around his sisters. You know, we're about to read some other um, serial killers here, and I think that outside of like the crimes that, that these folks actually commit, the thing that gets to me the most or is the hardest to read is their childhoods. Yeah. And it's almost like had they not experienced what they experienced, they very well likely never would have committed these crimes. And to also say, there are people that experience this that don't commit those crimes. Of course, yeah. Um, So there's a thin line where you can empathize with these people, but it's just, it's kind of this worst case scenario of if you let this get out of control, this is what can happen to society Mm -hmm. if we don't correct this kind of toxic masculine behavior that breeds in people that already have mental issues right um so richard ramirez he was the night stalker we kind of talked about him he was convicted of 13 counts of murder five attempted murders and 11 sexual assaults in 1989 the year before i was born um i was one when you're <laughs> one year old um, he had a troubled childhood and spent a lot, I want to narrow it down on this, he spent a lot of time with his sadistic older cousin who talked about killing and, and sexually assaulting women during his time as a soldier during mm-hmm. the Vietnam War. So kind of just normalizing violence against women makes other people more likely to commit violence against women. Talk about uh, John Wayne Gacy. Any of you heard of the clown killer? Yep. Um, he who painted for for some reason. Um, <laughs> investigators found twenty six dead bodies in his crawl in the crawl space of his home, and Gacy's father was an alcoholic and physically abusive to all of his children. One of Gacy's earliest memories was being beaten so badly with a broom across the head that it knocked him unconscious. Uh, during the fourth grade, Gacy began to experience blackouts, and when his father visited him in the hospital, he would call him a sissy and a mama's boy. How dare he need to go to the hospital? Mm. It's just more of that toxic masculinity. That's a big one for me. That's a, um, I have two sons. Yeah. And so. That phrase, mama's boy, makes you want to. I mean, mama's boy is one thing. Like, if yeah. my son wants to be a mama's boy, that's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he can love his mama, but like, um. Crying, um, you know, we don't tell our kids to not cry. Like, you, if you are feeling some type of way mm-hmm. and you need to cry and throw a tantrum, maybe go do that in your room. But if we want to talk about it and you want to have your feelings, you can do that. Yeah. Um, but that's one thing I hate is seeing boys get called out for experiencing, experiencing emotions. emotions. <laughs> yeah. Um, which we kind of talk about a little bit more. Ed Gein, he was another guy who was had a relationship with his mother, was an influence for Alfred Hitchcock's movie Psycho. As a young boy, he was only allowed to leave his family farm to his, attend schools, um, and he would laugh alone to himself, so he wasn't socialized. Outside of school, his mother would preach to him about the evil world outside, the evil of drinking, and the belief that all women were prostitutes and connected to the devil. So, again, just normalizing hatred of women. Also, he was only convicted of murdering two women. Yeah, but the horrific part of his murder was that he made furniture out of them. Yeah, as a person who went through the, the serial killer phase, as I said, I that's technically doesn't qualify. Yeah, it's supposed to be three people. 
So I wonder with cool down periods. Were there more victims? Probably. Or presumed more victims, and that's why he kind of falls under the list. And also he was just a very horrific murderer. So Yeah, I mean, yeah, lampshades. Um all right, so the common theme between here is toxic masculinity which is a term used to describe how certain masculine traits cause harm to men and women alike. Um, this is also, this li- this kind of behavior links to bullying. Uh-huh. So if you see a kid that's bullying, just stop that right away because uh-huh. that's the kind of behavior that uh, b- all bullies become serial killers. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the kind of behavior that can, if, if perpetuated, can continue and become much worse. Oh, so but you, also uh, kids being bullied. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Bullying is just bad. Be nice. Yeah, we talk about those risk factors. So um, toxic masculine behaviors that you can identify and call out among your friends, family members, um, all that jazz. Using or threatening violence. Oh, I'm going to beat that guy up. That um, is just don't. as toxic as doing it to Mm me um controlling others being getting really angry when you can't control the action of others that's that's a very key indicator that something ain't right um acting aggressively suppressing emotions that whole how dare he be sick he's a sissy uh trying to appear tough uh treating sex as a competition Cough, cough, frat boys. Um, <laughs> feeling entitled to sex from others. Well, mm. I, oh, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this. Um, I paid $80 on this date, <laughs> and you're not. If that's out of your budget, sir, that's, first of all, that's a problem. Second of all, <laughs> that's your loss. Right. Not mine. Mm-hmm. And also, we went to rock bottom. Like, chill. <laughs> So specific. There's this meme that says, guys say, I know a place, and then they take you to rock bottom. (laughs) Which is a metaphor in more ways than one. Using power over women, quote-unquote weaker men, or marginalized groups. Toxic masculinity spreads a message that in order to be a real man, you have to suppress your emotions, act tough, and behave in a certain way. Showing any feminine traits is to show a sign of weakness. God, that's such a big one for me. I know I already said that, but it is such a big one for me. Like, still working on that with adults that I interact with regularly. Yeah. And so, how are you childhood. raising? How? What are actions are you taking to raise your sons to not be these kind of dudes? Well, I think it's just, yeah, all emotions are okay. You just have to behave appropriately. Appropriately, right? Yeah. You can't hit people. You can't call names. You can't kick and scream and cry in the middle of Target, even though sometimes maybe that's what you need to do. I mean, some I've kicked a fair many things in Target. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but we we talk about uh, one, one of the big things, and this is something, you know, I won't name names, but with partners that I have had, past and present, um, communicating the emotions, like literally putting words to the feelings they are expressing yeah. is damn near impossible Mm -hmm. Um, the only guys i've ever dated that could do that have been to therapy well the only person i dated who could do that was manipulating and we won't go there Mm. but i think that what i try to do with my kids is to get them okay you're feeling this feeling you're in it right now let's put words to it how do we communicate what you're feeling so that we when you're older you're not slamming your hand through a door yep that's absolutely, and I mean, you're laughing, but that's the kind of, it's small things like that mm-hmm. lead to much bigger, more tragic things. Um, so it's important to remember that toxic masculinity can come f- from a place of vulnerability or a figure of humiliation. So it comes from places where that aren't inherently bad. You don't have to be a douchebag. <laughs> Just putting names to what you're experiencing can fix that. Um, so just as women can often feel pressured to fit into certain gender expectations, men may display toxic masculine behaviors to feel accepted or win the approval of other males. So how do we fix it? We start calling it out and saying it by its name. Hey, dude, that's toxic masculinity. That's not cool. Mm -hmm. 
like I mean I don't know how cool that sounds but <laughs> hey man <laughs> um, it can be hard to challenge people when you're in a group as especially if you don't think something's right and that's just difficult for you but if you choose to stay silent it tells that person that what they've said is either okay or at the very least they can still get away with it even if it's not okay so call it toxic masculinity call it aggression call it enjoying someone else's discomfort call it unwelcome commenting on someone else's body Mm -hmm. call it by its name make put the discomfort back on that person encourage coping healthy coping mechanisms so therapy therapy isn't just for girls guys (laughs) um self-care compassion empathy acknowledge and move past the feelings of shame or weakness and finally report violence call the police if you can't do that, let people know that you don't feel safe. One of the things I um, think is so cool is like bars and restaurants that have like a special yeah. menu item that you can order and they're like, we will call whoever you need to call, be it an Uber. So that you can leave your date because you don't feel safe. Yeah. yeah. Or in doctor's offices, mm-hmm. uh, in the bathrooms. Should I even say that? Should I say this out loud? Is this a risk? I don't no. Know. It's not. I in, mean, they, in restrooms and doctor's offices, it says if you're not feeling safe, say this to your doctor or nurse or whatever. I mean, my nurse asks me asks me every time I go into the doctor's office, do you feel safe where you're living right mm-hmm. now? And I live in the west side of Cincinnati, so no. When I was pregnant. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> when I was pregnant and I would go to my um, prenatal appointments, Cody would come with me. Mm-hmm. And I had to verbally give permission to let him come back. Yeah. Um, and, and after that they seem, asked me if I felt safe. That may seem over and above what needs to be done, but it protects the women who don't have any element of control right. in their life. Uh, finally, pursue economic independence. Keeps coming up. Get yourself a savings account. Living paycheck to paycheck puts you in harm's way, and not everyone has the resources to do that. But if you need help, reach out to me or Kelsey. We'll mm-hmm. help you put together a plan to not let yourself stay in a situation that you can't escape. And finally, just ask for help. Anyone, your LWAL manager, anyone you trust, we're here. We're here to help you. Yep. Um, so thank you guys for getting through this heavy episode with us. <laughs> uh, it started with, mm, why are women interested in true crime? And ended with violence against women. Mm-hmm. Um, but... We do want to remind you that if you or someone you know are um, experiencing domestic or sexual violence, please contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline by calling 1-800-799-7233. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. And remember to hashtag leave Leave her her better. better. She Who Hustles is a product of RDI Corporation. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and not necessarily those of RDI and its affiliates. A quick thank you to those who helped facilitate and create this podcast. Producer, Tyler Ernschwinder. Executive producer, Joseph Pinnell. Content created by Kelsey Best and Kim Unstead. Thank you.